Have a holly jolly Christmas, everyone. It's the best time of the year. On today's Fantasmic, we're making spirits bright by discussing two festive films featuring the man or woman with the bag. In The Santa Claus, with an E, divorced dad Scott, played by Tim Allen, has custody of his son on Christmas Eve. After he accidentally kills jolly old Saint Nick, they're magically transported to the North Pole, where Bernard the Elf explains Scott is now legally obligated to perform the duties of Santa Claus. After a bit of legalese and a weight-gaining montage or two, will Scott find what it takes to not only become a good father Christmas, but a good father to his son as well? And in Noel, Chris Kringle's daughter, Noel, played by Anna Kendrick, is full of Christmas spirit and holiday fun, but wishes she could do something important like her beloved brother Nick, who will take over for their father this Christmas. Nick is training to be Santa, but is failing miserably, and when Nick's about to crumble like a gingerbread cookie from all the pressure, Noel suggests he take a break and get away to clear his head. But when he doesn't return, Noel will have to look inward to find out if she's got what it takes to save Christmas. That's right, we're coming down the chimney to deliver an amazing episode of Fantasmic. Hope you've got your PJs and hot cocoa. Let's get ready for a Santa Claus cage match. Ho, ho, ho! Script for ours. We're just loosey goosey with Fantasmic. Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, that's right. I do do it. <laughs> Don't I? Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome everyone to Fantasmic, the happiest podcast on earth where we have magically inspired debates about Disney's movies and TV shows. My name is Mitchell Dupree, and I am joined today by some lovely, lovely fellas uh, Zach Smith Michaels and Brandon Sharp. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. How are we doing? <laughs> And today we're uh, we're holly jolly. We're very excited, and all the other adjectives from the Noel movie that I just watched. <laughs> oh my garland! Oh my garland! Because <laughs> we're heavens. talking about yes, some great Christmas movies. Uh, Noel versus the Santa Claus. Noel versus Santa Claus. It's gonna be a good one. Zach, yeah. you excited for this one? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm very nervous. Uh, Let's go, Zach. So, Get in the spirit. So, so here it is. Going into this episode, I'm nervous already because I know that a lot of you haven't seen Noel and. I know that in the chat, most of you are very nostalgic for Santa Claus. So without listening to the episode, I'm afraid (laughs) that people are just going to vote for Santa Claus because it's the one they've seen. Already making his argument. Already making his I'm argument. Not ma- it's I'm, a, ju- it's I'm a just plea. saying this one. I'm going in. I'm going in to have fun because I know that I'm not going to win the audience with this. Listen, the court will have peace, and there will be time for the debate. <laughs> in case it's your first time listening to the show, uh, quick rundown of what we do here at Fantasmic. We're going to have a debate about these two movies. Yes. I'm going to present my argument for the Santa Claus. Zach is going to present arguments for Noel. Brandon is going to keep us in line with some good good facts after each round and then y'all are gonna vote in the real lounge on facebook and let us know who had the better arguments as zach has said you should listen to the episode before making those votes and uh let us know who's the most holly jolly and who had the most garland you know debate tactics so all right without further ado zach you ready to do this i'm ready all right i'm so ready okay ding 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 first question of the night bum, 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 bum. Yeah, there we go. 
All right, first we're talking elves. Who is the better elf? Bernard from the Santa Claus or Gabe from Noel? Zach, you want to kick us off? Sure. Um, so when I look for the, the best elf, I'm looking for who brings the most to the table for dear old St. Nick. Uh, and that's, that's got to be Gabriel, you know? He's running the show. He's making sure that Santa's sleigh is working. He's keeping up with the times. Uh, I love the gadgetry and all of that stuff. He kind of is like, uh, what's his name from uh, James Bond? Is it is it Q? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's kind of mm-hmm. like Q from James Bond, which I think is super fun. But then what I actually like about the movie is that he gets that taken away from him and he has to adjust to becoming Santa Claus for a little bit. So I really like the kind of journey that he goes on and the whole movie I was waiting for him to become like the villain and the big bad guy and he doesn't really do that he's just a little uh misguided and his ideas aren't the best so he was the character that I really uh I enjoyed watching him I enjoyed what they did with this character I thought it was one of the more inspired takes in the film so yeah I'm, I'm going Gabriel played by the incomparable Billy Eichner I'm gonna start my argument with a simple question are we on a coffee break no? We don't drink coffee. Well, I guess the break is over. The answer is clearly Bernard from The Santa Claus. Dave Krumholtz, hysterical in this movie. He's so funny. Really great balance to Tim Allen, who's a really strong comedic presence, obviously. He brings the, the room down, right? With his seriousness, with his cynicism. Uh, he grounds it, I feel like. But he also has a, real, a lot of really tender moments in the movie, too. Some of the best interactions with Charlie, they happen with his dad, but also with Bernard. Bernard's great. Um, really, really love him. And I feel like... We're just talking Bernard, maybe Santa Claus 1. I feel like, you know, we established the Santa Claus because Santa Claus 2, they make a mockery of this great, great character uh, when they bring in Spencer Breslin to upstage him as uh, the other elf. So, uh, yeah, big fan. Love me some Bernard. We'll get into my slight issues with Gabe in Noel, but uh, that's my opening argument. Zachary? So I think my issue with Bernard, and I don't really have a lot to go on, is that it is very David Krumholtz. It's kind of the David Krumholtz shtick in a lot of ways, where he's he's cynical and not loud, but he's very like kind of snarky and snippy. Like we've seen it before, and it's like funny that he's in a costume. And I'm not saying he doesn't do a great job; it's cool. But I think when I saw Billy Eichner, I was ready for him to be his like Billy on the street character, much like when he played Timon in Lion King. I was expecting that to kind of overtake him. But the thing I liked is that. Gabe felt like an actual character, whereas Bernard feels like, you know, he's he's a bit player almost. He comes in to kind of like move the story along and to give out exposition. And it's a smart move to have David Krumholtz do that because he's very good and very likable. But when I'm thinking about better elf and better character, I think naturally I just kind of am more attracted to what uh, Billy Eichner is laying down. When I heard that Billy Eichner was going to be in the Noel movie, I remember being really excited because I'm a huge fan. I really mm-hmm. like his work. I think he's really funny. And I just left feeling a little bit disappointed. I felt like he was just a little underutilized, which is funny because you're right. He's in the movie more than David Krumholtz as in The Santa Claus. David right. Krumholtz is, he comes in just a few times. But I don't know. I just, I, I like him. I like what he does in the movie, but it just feels like he's very reserved. He's very like quiet geek, um, mm. which I get what you're saying, like is a different choice than what we're used to seeing him do. But it feels a little bit just a a missed opportunity. It feels like they don't really let him shine. And I really think with Bernard, the thing that I dig about it is the idea of an elf who is so over it. Mm. Uh, is just done. Like, he's so old, right? And like when they say, right now you're naughty or nice, and he just... 
you know, like he, he can't handle it anymore. He's one more jingle away from losing his composure. Yeah. Uh, that's a really hilarious move to me. I think it's a smart character choice. I do like that. But then I do feel, and you even brought this up about how he has some of the more tender moments with Charlie. I feel like then, I don't know, the character feels like he feels like a totally different character than when he's talking to Charlie. Like he almost is like putting on a different persona. And so for me, it felt like a little bit unbalanced personally. And I know that a lot of people might not feel this way, but he was just like yelling at everybody a second ago. And now he's like being the super nice guy. And it was kind of hard for me to get a full grasp on on who his character was, because you're right. The moments where he's like yelling and he's over it. I'm like, I get who this guy is. I'm on board for it. And then the moments where he's like more tender and sweet. I was like, this feels like Disney was like, we got to we got to chill with this guy a little bit. Otherwise, people are going to are going to walk. That's actually a really interesting point. Um, it reminds me a little bit of if you are a Gordon Ramsay fan, when you watch him on his regular shows, he's sure. so mean to the adults. And then to the kids, he's like very tender on MasterChef Junior. Uh, what you get, right? Because the, the adults and the elves who are like ancient should be doing their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. the children are literal children and they should be children. I really like, I think the scene that bridges the two Bernards together for me is actually towards the beginning where he says, don't even kid about a thing like that. He's just like yelled at him, try to understand this. So he's yelled at the adult uh, and he's being serious with Tim Allen, but it's also heartfelt. It's also tender. So he's able to do both at the same time. So I think he blends that pretty well. I think I understand the choice of him being tender to Charlie, of him giving him the snow globe and the significance of that gift to Charlie. He's probably done this before. He's maybe had to if he's an ancient elf take care of a kid of a santa claus in the past so i get it it makes sense to me um plus he says god this bird is dry when he shows up at the house <laughs> love me some right. bernard and for me in closing i'll say i feel again like bernard is there to you know move us from the first act to the second act he's there to get the exposition out of the way like i said before and again it's done very well it's a useful tool but i think i'm more interested in gabriel's character I do kind of agree with you. I do think they didn't use Billy Eichner to his full potential, but even what he's putting down is still very intriguing to me. And I won't say it's necessarily like super fun to watch, but I do find his story to be, it's a storyline that doesn't need to be compelling in the slightest. And it intrigues me quite a bit. So yeah. Brandon, it's time for you to help us back on the straight and noble path. Did we make up any facts? No, I think we were really, we were staying in uh, safe waters here. One thing I'd like to point out is Bernard is famously not in the Santa Claus 3 because right. he had conflict. Mm. He was on that show Numbers. I don't know if you guys remember that, but he had conflicts <laughs> sh- uh, with the shooting. <laughs> I love Numbers. I don't know why you're do, chuckling. No, I do too, but I, I feel like but, I feel like he got the he got the script for Santa Claus 3 and he's like, well, oh, guys. I, ooh. <laughs> but Sorry, now I'm, I'm, now I'm thinking too bad there wasn't a conflict for Santa Claus 2 because of how his character just takes a, you know, a left turn. Right. He's yeah. such a strong character in, in the original movie and I think he mm-hmm. really just it becomes a cartoon character in the sequel. It's a shame. Right. Yeah. I mean the sequel gets into a lot of schlockiness in general. That's where you start getting Comet, you know, making fart jokes. So yes. there's a lot to unpack with yes. Disney's decisions in the Santa Claus 2. But uh, if that's a clean round, speaking of 2, let's go on to round 2. Uh, <laughs> which is Oh, I know, right? That was tasty. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. You're welcome. Yes, yes. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, round two. Um, we're going to pitch a sequel to Noel, which is very exciting to me, because something you said in the last round was you were waiting for Gabe to turn into the villain. 
and oh, so was I. So was I. I, think, I feel I like think, we all were. I think were. we're both going to have similar pitches. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I want Gabe to be a Jeff Bezos villain. I feel like that's what we were hinting at. We don't quite get it. Uh, it makes sense for a sequel, right? Because I feel like he had this brief moment in the sun. He tasted what it was like to be Santa Claus. Like Icarus, he flew too close, right? He just, he had it ripped away from him. And I want him in the sequel to go full Eichner. Like, I feel like in this first one, like I said in the last round, he's like very reserved. I want bombastic Billy Eichner. I want him to become a villain. I think there's going to be more fun in that. Um, broad strokes, all right? I feel like it's just laid out in the first one so beautifully. He's convinced there's only 2,000 good kids in the world. Like, <laughs> that's already established in the first one. Yeah. He's got the groundwork for a villain. Uh, there's a weird emphasis in the first Noel on dental hygiene. So maybe the Tooth Fairy can join him to get better dental hygiene for kids in the world. Um, so here's my thing. Noel is an interesting kind of woke straight to DVD kind of style Christmas movie where it's like, let's smash the patriarchy. I really, I dig that. I'm into that. So I feel like the temptation or the the antagonism in this one is going to be Billy Eichner. He wants to be Santa again, right? He wants, Gabe wants to be Santa. So they're going to send him the tooth fairy, a handsome tempter to be the new head elf at the North Pole. And this head elf is going to act like he's helping Noel, you know, as the first, it's her first time being Santa, but he's actually sabotaging her right he's undermining her i think there's some interesting commentary to be done there uh still in a fun christmasy way uh but noelle will resist because she's smashing the patriarchy maybe there could be a cute caroler boy who she ends up with instead but i don't need that because again like it is about smashing the patriarchy but i feel like we didn't get to hear anna kendrick sing in the Mm -hmm. first one enough and she is a she's a good singer so i would enjoy that who's playing this handsome tempter by the way Ooh, I don't have a pick yet, but I'll pick by the end of your pick. (laughs) And then I feel like the head elf dude, this tempter, is going to call for a vote of no confidence because that council element's already in the first one. They'll try to bring Gabe back for another shot, and then she will win. You know, that's that's how it's going to work. And maybe the little boy and and the dad from the first one can come up as, like, buddies on winter break, but not as a romantic interest. Anyways, that's my Noel sequel, and I'm going to keep it easy, Noel 2. Because okay. we don't always need a pun. We don't always need a punny title. No, Santa Claus Two is a great title. Noel Two. We don't. We don't. So one of the things I l- I really liked about Noel is I feel like they had a lot of they had the setup for a lot of great characters, and I feel like they underutilized some of these very talented actors that they had. So for my sequel, I would actually like to shift the focus from Noel to her brother Nick, played by the talented Bill Hader. So mm. my movie is um, Nick is going to visit for this big. Christmas Eve Eve party because Christmas Eve they go deliver all the presents so it's Christmas Eve Eve party and he goes to see Noel and Noel's kind of talking to him and she goes how come you don't come around more and visit and he's like you know it's kind of hard for me to be here and I I really like my life and I don't that's my Bill Hader impression by the way like I don't really want to be here and you know I I have all this other stuff going on and remember he's like doing yoga and you know now he's kind of gotten into doing you know more like martial arts stuff like that Billy Eichner and his team of elven terrorists show up at the party right (laughs) And they take it over. However, <laughs> Bill Bill Hader's character Nick was hidden in like the little side room, right? So they don't get him, causing him to like dash away. So basically, what Billy Eichner wants is he wants Noel to hand over Santa Claus to him, right? And he is just like, I'm keeping you all hostage. I'm gonna keep all of you hostage until she gives me what I want, right? But what they don't know is that these eleven terrorists, because there's eleven of them, Elvin, eleven, boom, they're trapped in here with Nick, played by Bill Hader, who is a martial arts and yoga expert and he is going to wreck their crap right so it's billy eichner (laughs) the 
<laughs> it's Billy Eichner, the Bill Hader Battle of the Bills, and we are going to see, you know, Nick get beaten down, and we're going to see him fight and struggle to do the right thing and to save everybody at this Christmas party, right? And at the end... He's going to save the day. He's going to have his big glorious moment and it'll end with the snow coming down while let it snow plays. <laughs> okay, well, I was blanking out a little bit while I was looking up my actor to be the tempter who's going to be Liam Hensworth. Uh, or, sorry, Chris Hensworth. Chris, okay, Chris that's Hensworth. Fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cuz he's funny. Yeah. We saw in Ghostbusters he's funny. Yeah. Um so you're saying the Bill Hader <laughs> yeah. is gonna because he does yoga, no martial arts as well? well? No, no, he started he has started to do martial arts now. Like he's not just doing yoga, he's trying to blend, you know, peace and tranquility with self defense. I do like the idea of introducing like a North Pole style of Krav Maga or yeah. something. Like that could be intriguing to me. Exactly. Yes. That's how he's taking out these terrorists, these northern pole terrorists who are ruining this party. But, this is where you lose me, though. This is Die Hard. This is, like, Die Hard 2. Like, I don't know. Like, this is too much, like, terrorism. And, like, I don't need that at Christmas, personally. Like, is this for kids? Who is this for? I don't it's know. It's for children. Kids love it's for action. children. What are kids, kids going to they're going to see all these they're going to see all these Marvel movies, right? And they're loving them. They can't get enough. So, you know what we need? We need Die Hard for kids. I, I don't think that's what we need. You I know do. what we would enjoy? Like a fun Christmas romance romp, but with a subversive little twist in the message where, hey, guess what? Anna Kendrick was ready to be Santa all along. That's what we need. But wasn't that the first movie that she was ready to be Santa all along? This movie takes the wealth of characters that we have in the first Noel, and it focuses on some of them, too. That's what I like. I mean, are we going to get the same movie with Anna Kendrick again, but now Chris Hemsworth is there? Or are we going to get... Again, Battle of Terrorism. the Bills. Hater v. Eichner. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I, I, that, that sounds very intriguing to me. Don't get me wrong. I love Bill Hader. I love Billy Eichner. I'm not going to lie to the audience. Yes. yes, of course. Of course I want that. But, again, I think it's too intense. Whereas, no, I think in the last 20 minutes, not even the last 20, last 10 minutes, they're like, oh, here's her figuring out how to be Santa. She's Santa now, and I don't buy it. Give me a movie where she's really learning the ins and outs. That's interesting to me. Show me Noel 2. Yes, please. Folks, when this episode is over, <laughs> what are you going to be thinking about? Mitch's pitch about Noel learning how to become Santa or Die Hard for Children? Well, how dare you? How dare you? I was going to try and rebut, but it's such a good mic drop. Dang you. <laughs> I mean, Brandon, tell me something. Tell me something can help me out here, please. A fact. So easily... The most detailed sequel pitches I've heard out of any of us at, for anything we've done. That's a common. <laughs> that's a common question that we get. Pitch the sequel. Pitch the sequel. Yeah. You know, uh, to yeah, this. Yeah. You know, whatever. We we've, we've done that a thousand times. This one though. These two take the cake on most detailed, <laughs> down to what kind of music is playing. You've set the scene. Mm-hmm. I good <laughs> heavens. <laughs> <laughs> These are uh, important questions, Brandon. It's Christmas. Oh, These are goodness. important questions. Mitch referenced a fighting style called Krav Maga. Yes, yes. And I'd like to... Israeli, for, Israeli martial arts. Well, there you go. You stole my zinger. For those of you who don't <laughs> know, it is a military self-defense and fighting system developed by the Israelis. Thank oh. you. Notice how nothing came back about my pitch. On <laughs> the Krav Maga was in... Was my pitch. <laughs> was in relation to your pitch, yes. I pitched... A fun holiday romance. Zach pitched Krav Maga. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs>
That sums us up, actually, I feel like, pretty well as people, <laughs> me and you. <laughs> Listen, which movie made more money, Avengers Endgame or Santa Claus 2? Okay, stop that. Whoa. <laughs> which movie made more money, Titanic or Taken 4? <laughs> There's only three Taken, sir. How dare you? My, okay, all right. How no, dare you? Round three. Ding, ding, ding. Here we go. What animated Disney character would make the ultimate Santa? I, I like this question a lot. Um, because <laughs> you pitched it. Yes, it, yes, I did. So, what I'm looking for in a Santa, like, I want someone who's nice and happy. I feel like so often with these movies, they're kind of like, let's find like the most cynical person. Like, wouldn't it be funny if this grump was Santa? <laughs> That's not what I want. I'm thinking about who, like, in real life, which Disney character embodies who I think of when I think of Santa, and who do I think of? I think of a jolly man who invents things and just wants to make everybody happy, and that's Maurice from Sleeping Beauty, the animated Sleeping Beauty. He is the sweetest, kindest old man who cares so much for people. He's maybe a little bit naive, so he's definitely going to need like a Bernard to, to help him with some of that, but I think he'd be a great Santa. I think that he would be lenient with the naughty and the nice list. I think that he would invent some pretty cool stuff, and again, he's just like, I think like we've said on other shows, he's that dad who's like almost too pure the world does not deserve him and i think that that's that's who we need as our santa claus so maurice bell's father from sleeping beauty not sleeping beauty beauty and the beast crazy old maurice <laughs> he's always good for a laugh crazy old maurice you're yeah. quoting the villain of the movie <laughs> i know <laughs> All right, well, my, my pick is the right one, y'all. Um, I, I considered many, though, on, on the road to this perfect choice. Uh, I thought Geppetto, maybe, at first. Ooh. Like, he wants a son so bad, he, he makes it. And I feel like a Santa doesn't have to be dad-like, but has to be loving. You know, Father Christmas, right? And this is the dude who, you know, gets swallowed by a whale to save that kid. Uh, but then I was like, all right, well, if the metric is his dad, then Marlin from Finding Nemo is the ultimate pick. But I don't think he can drive a sleigh, because he's a clownfish. <laughs> So uh, I landed on Goofy, folks, who really, I think, is going to be the best Santa. Uh, first of all, Goofy is the ultimate father, right? He's dedicated to Max. He does everything he can to make him happy, even if he's not always like doing it the safest way. Uh, he's got a heart of gold, puts his son first. He's also silly. Like, I feel like Maurice is the butt of the joke. He is the schlemiel, uh, where Goofy is the schlemazzle, right? <laughs> Goofy is making me laugh. And, and you know what? Nothing will stand in Goofy's way to make his son happy i think he would be a good santa so i like goofy are you implying that goofy is not the butt of the joke in the movies that he's in like where he goes to the possum park and everyone's like look it's dork and dork jr <laughs> or when max is humiliated by his father goofy at every is the one who spills the soup maurice is the one who gets the soup spilled on him that is the <laughs> difference between these two characters also maurice yes. i love him i yeah. love you yeah Maurice. Right, mm -hmm. you know I love him. I do. As soon as you sent that pic to me, a uh, little tear came to my eye. <laughs> but here's the th here's the thing: his 
inventions are death traps. I don't want him making things for uh, kids. Uh, I don't know what that thing he was making was supposed to do. It was for chopping wood. Uh, all right, it destroys a home, and it looks like it's radioactive. I feel like it's going to become like a jigsaw situation if you let if him in the workshop. If we're talking about safety, do I need to remind you that you have Goofy, who is running an empire in the North Pole, where there is fire, there is machinery. Goofy destroys everything he touches, whereas they tweak wrong, Maurice's wrong, wrong. machine. Wrong, wrong, wrong. They tweak Maurice's machine to wrong, break wrong, them wrong. out of the home so that they can go and save everybody. Maurice is almost incarcerated in a mental asylum. Goofy is a <laughs> loving they, father. They How dare the guy, you? They paid the guy <laughs> off in that movie, and you know it. Listen, they, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. <laughs> they did. But Goofy, they did. They did. There's a whole Goofy scene dedicated is, to it. Between the two of our characters, who yes. has a college education? Goofy. Maurice, Goofy maybe. He went Goofy to like does. a tech school, probably. <laughs> I think Maurice has spent his whole time in that little cabin, and he wouldn't know how to get out there and fly the sleigh. But Goofy, if we let him be Santa Claus, can you imagine when he falls out of the sleigh at some point and he goes, yeah, and then he lands back on a reindeer a thousand feet below? That's going to be amazing. I can't what, wait to watch that. What did we learn in Tim Allen's The Santa Claus? It's that nobody can know Santa's secret identity. And the minute that anyone hears Santa, Santa do that. Oh, 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 oh. They're going to go, oh, Santa is goofy. This man will no, not no, be no. able to hide his identity, which in, I'm very concerned about. In both Goofy movies, we see Max fearing the future where he will become like Goofy and he starts to look and sound like Goofy. So established in the Disney universe, we know there are other Goofy-like creatures that look and sound like him. So Santa can uh, be Goofy, Goofy can be Santa, and it's going to be great. Listen, when Maurice rides that horse, Felipe, right? Or Philippe. That's his Philippe. name. Philippe. Philippe. Yeah, excuse yes. me. Yeah. When Maurice is riding, is riding <laughs> Philippe, right? We see that he has experience with animals that need to, to get him places, right? Goofy struggles with his car. Now we're giving him a sleigh that he has to fly in the air. I think Maurice is going to have a better grasp on how to work with these animals. That's the thing. Goofy, I love him. I love him with all of my heart. I'm terrified for what he's going to do to the North Pole and the animals. Lest we forget, in an extremely goofy movie, he destroys a factory leading to his termination. Now we're giving him the greatest factory in the world that he's going to manage? Oh no! Santa Claus is responsible for the delivery of presents to boys and girls all across the globe. That's right. Maurice needs to travel to some inventing fair, and within 15 minutes, he's lost in the woods and imprisoned by a beast. So you tell me he's going to be able to make it across the globe to find yes. these homes? No. Yes. He blames Philippe like a loon, but it's obviously Maurice who belongs in the loony bin, where Goofy would move heaven and earth to make people happy. He's pure. He's a good person. And I think he's tough enough to withstand a fall from the sleigh because we've seen him Cheat uh, handle. <laughs> That's it. He cheats death time and time again. That's what Goofy brings to the table. Plus, he's silly and lovable, and we all love him. So vote Goofy. Audience, I'd like you to close your eyes for a minute. No, we're doing another closing. All yes, right, here yes. we go. Let, let's just pretend <laughs> that you're a little child and you're asleep on your couch, <laughs> and you hear a little you hear a little rattling, and and you wake up and look. There's Santa. What would you expect Santa to do? Turn around and say something nice like, "Hey, I know that you people have been picking on you, but you know what? Whatever. Who cares? You're great, and people love you." Or would Maurice? you? That's Maurice. Yeah. Whereas when we have Goofy, 
do you want to wake up and see Santa slip on some cars and fall headfirst into a lit fireplace and then burn your home down and go, oh, you, oopsie, and then leave? You pitched Die Hard for Kids in the last round, so <laughs> yes, I do want to see it. <laughs> but whatever. Brandon, save us. Any facts to check. Any facts. At this one. So I feel like I was thinking like, okay, are they on, you know, firm footing with all of the, you know, statements they're making? Loving, caring. I would say it's a wash. Both characters are loving, caring. Um, as far as like the incompetence, clumsy level, you know, like layer, I think there's like equal layers of that going on too. So I'm like, I'm on board with both of these choices. Maurice already works in a workshop, already uses a horse-drawn carriage. I feel like we're halfway there, but Zach, Goofy is, has just, has tender moments just like Maurice. Yes. You know, when he tells Max, I'm just trying to be a part of your life and you'll always be my son. Whew. That's when I knew he was my Santa. My gosh. Yeah, that's right. some tender moments in there. I was not expecting that pick. That was very good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank good. you very much. That was a lot of fun. That I almost, was a lot of fun. I almost went Phil from Hercules for like the thing of, it'd be funny Ooh. to see a grumpy guy. And then I was like, no. Who doesn't want to hear James Earl Jones say, ho, ho, ho? Mufasa? Hmm, anyone? Mufasa? He's a, he's a lion. He doesn't have opposable oh, so thumbs. so we're discriminating against lions, huh? <laughs> he does have opposable thumbs. How's he going to build anything? I seriously anything? thought about Marlin the clownfish as Santa for <laughs> maybe 10 minutes today at work. I, th- I really considered I don't it. Don't like the direction of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last round of uh, our Christmas fight. What's the better movie, Santa Claus or Noel? <clears throat> what to say about Tim Allen's The Santa Claus? Man, there's so many things. I feel like this is a staple in many people's homes. Has the internet turned on it? Sure, yeah. I feel like the internet is a little bit critical of the Santa Claus movies. But you know what? It's beloved by not just a generation, by, by more than that. It's persisted. You know, it reminds me of other movies that I feel like people have gotten not wrong. Like, I'm not going to compare it to It's a Wonderful life where like the critics didn't like it and America loved it like it's not on that level but does it check all the boxes for a good Christmas movie for me Yes, it makes me want to celebrate the holiday. Great themes in there about like faith and believing in things uh, when you can't see them. Really great performances by the characters. Adorable kids. Packed with humor. Packed with heart. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. It's a movie that I want to put on every November. As soon as Thanksgiving's done, I'm ready to pop on Santa Claus. Noel, I really enjoy it. Uh, but I think, Zach, you're right. I don't think enough people have seen it. So it is going to be sort of an interesting fight. Right. I think it's good. It feels very straight to DVD to me in a way that Santa Claus does not it's Santa Claus is you know a beloved classic you know a a Christmas classic so I think that's going to be sort of an interesting discussion so anyways Noel one of the things I like about Noel is that it's fun for the whole family and I think that it has some really fun characters it has some funny lines of dialogue and it goes for it does it feel a little derivative of other christmas movies yeah but after a while because they kept doing that and borrowing from other christmas films i was on board and i was like you know what like yeah i'm actually kind of enjoying this choice that they're making a little bit i like the character of noel i you know at first i was like oh she's like anna kendrick is 
so over the top and she's so wild but because she commits to it i was really able to get on board with her character and the movie is just like really vibrant and full of joy and full of life and when i'm talking about christmas movies most of the time i'm not like comparing them to like citizen kane or whatever like these are christmas right. movies they're comfort right. food right and yes. which movie leaves me feeling more comfortable at the end it's noel um i always feel like i'm insane when i talk about that i don't like the tim allen christmas movies because i know that like everybody loves them and like i always feel super like i'm missing something and this one you know first watch i was like yeah that was that was pretty nice and it got me a little misty at the end of the movie it gave me everything that i was looking for whereas tim allen's the santa claus it feels a little cynical for me in some places it feels a little bit mean in some places and that makes it a little challenging for me to fully embrace it i can understand that i think there are parts of it that maybe can feel a little bit jaded upon rewatch like i would maybe agree and brandon is not agreeing with us right now it's like excuse you uh no like uh like when he gains the weight quickly like, and, like and this it's a is big a joke yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's a, that's i'm not a huge fan of those moments um tim allen is an interesting comedic figure because i do think that some of what he peddles is a little bit he's more of an adult comedian for yeah, a kids yeah. movie like this right yeah um i do love his tool time ho, ho, ho. <laughs> and you know what this is truly and i'm talking about a man who is also freaking buzz Lightyear. yeah i really think this movie is the best version of tim allen that we got i'm a big fan of him in this i think he's really a great blend of adult and maybe a little bit jaded and maybe a little bit hurt i think what i like his character is because it seems redemptive which is a beautiful see, thing I, to see at the holiday I, season i I don't know that I agree with that because I didn't really see the changes he made. I saw him start to look more like Santa Claus and then Charlie started to love his dad because his dad looks like Santa Claus. In this first movie, I feel like I Can didn't... Can I give you what I see then? Sure, please uh, do. Please educate me on so this. What, yes. Well, I'm, I mean, just what I see yeah, is yeah. someone who has thrown himself into his work, who has not processed his divorce, clearly. Right. Sometimes uh, in divorces, unfortunately, you'll see that like the kid kind of gets uh, the short end of the stick because it becomes very much about like the mom and dad fighting uh, and that's what we're seeing it's they're entrenched in that in the beginning of the movie so it's all about him throwing these cheap shots at Neil right he has not processed his pain by the end of the movie he's willing to say you know like we're all a family there's a beautiful arc of like the beginning of the movie Charlie's like I don't want to be around dad then he's like I really want to be around dad and he has to I feel like that's because dad is Santa Claus though you know what I mean like I, I get what you're saying I see Tim Allen A and I see Tim Allen and C at the end of the movie, but I really don't see that B. I don't see when he becomes Santa. I just see he isn't, and then he is, which kind of, which frustrates me a little bit, whereas in Noelle, I like that it doesn't seem like she has to go on a journey, you know what I mean? And it's more of like a journey of self-discovery for her, and I think that my movie kind of handles that character arc um, a little bit better. Also, I, I think that your enjoyment of the Santa Claus is going to rely pretty heavily on how much you like Tim Allen, because it's, it's a Tim Allen vehicle. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's his brand of humor. It's kind of his shtick in a lot of ways. So I think if you don't like that, it's going to be kind of easy to check out. And I wonder if moving forward into 2020 and beyond, if people are still going to you know, be relating to that. Whereas Noel, I think it doesn't really hinge on anyone's persona so much or like and the shtick of any of the characters. So I think it kind of may... Mm. Uh, oh, Here's not, my thing. Not so much. Here's sure, my sure, thing. Sure. Yes, please. Noel feels way more of its time to me than the sure, Santa Claus. Sure. Noel is like 
jokes about iPads. Yeah. And here's Ron Funches like doing singing humor. And I'm like, I like that. It's cute. It feels very timely. Even the message, the theme. And I think it's great, right? Yeah. Of like female empowerment. I'm going to be interested to see how people would respond to that in 20 years. Sure. Like if we've progressed as a society or not, uh, who knows? I hope. Whereas the Santa Claus is old. First right. of all, it's like early nineties. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, it's still something that I can watch and really get a lot of enjoyment out, out of it. It feels a little bit more classic to me. That being said, let me acknowledge some things. Like I do think like every movie in the nineties was about dads working too much and yeah. about divorce. <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah. there are those elements that rewatching it, I'm like, yeah, this feels a little 90s-esque. But I really am going to push back just quickly on like the arc element. I really feel a strong redemptive arc with his character. I see him change. I see him start as someone who's jaded, using humor inappropriately to cover up pain. Whereas I see a more authentic relationship with his son develop over the course of the movie. Obviously, yeah, he's interested in his dad because his dad becomes Santa Claus. But it's more to me, I think, like the scene that it begins is the very beginning night where he says how come everything I want to do is stupid and it's really just Tim Allen spending time with the son and acknowledging that what his son wants to do is fun and okay and so I see a progression I think it's a, a compelling story in that respect I really like Noel too I don't think Noel is bad no. less of an arc though I think what you I mean you said it right it's like she's discovering who she already is that is compelling in a way but it feels split to me it's like sometimes Bill's movie Bill Hader sometimes it's Noel and not 50-50 obviously like it's mostly her movie but i think sometimes i lose focus and i don't really get what the overall journey for noel is supposed to be sure. sometimes sure and and i think for me in closing i'll, I'll say the elements of the movie in the Santa Claus that kind of got under my skin. It was real hard to shake them off. Like the fat phobic stuff, the way that he kind of mocks therapy a couple times in the movie, which yeah. I know he's doing it yeah. at, at Neil, but he kind of keeps leaning into it. And he does that in the second, in the sequels also, which is not super important. But I think that <laughs> those elements of the movie and also just kind of how, how dark it is in the first act. Like, I feel like it really gets a little unnecessarily heavy handed in the top. They maybe didn't need to go as hard as they did into all of that that kind of makes it hard for me to enjoy to enjoy the movie and also like i feel like a lot of the jokes for the parents in the movie they're not subtle they kind of like stop the movie so that you can have a scene where he looks at a lady crossing the street and goes like "Ooh, nice so for for me those elements kind of make it hard for me to sit with this movie whereas noel is perfectly digestible and fun comfort food again like like i said i don't think noel is the greatest movie ever but when it comes to the holiday a movie like Noel is a little bit more what I want to watch. My closing thought is Santa Claus sticks with me. I'm just going to leave it at that. It really just has resonated. Like I think of seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. Judy's great line. I think of the scene where Charlie explains to the teacher, you ever see a million dollars? No, just because you haven't seen something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Beautiful explorations of faith, believing in something like Charlie's a beautiful character, believing in something when the world tells you not to, when it doesn't make any sense to believe in that thing. I'm believing in his father too. I think that's uh, a really beautiful story. So, so I I vibe with it. I think it's just stuck with me. Lots of fun elements too, like the Elf Squad flying was really cool. Wrapping up the cop and shoving the donut in his mouth are really fun. Beautiful when they show up to the North Pole for the first time, and the music is majestic and glorious. And there's this interesting blend of technology and ancient kind of like sacredness. Like I'm like, oh, this is neat for a Disney movie about the North Pole. Very very cool. So. 
Santa Claus? Yeah, I vibe with it. I still want to watch it several decades later. Interested to see how we respond to Noel in the future, but really just my argument hinges on it feels very straight to DVD in comparison. So Brandon, we've landed the plane. That was a, an interesting intellectual discussion of these two Christmas movies. Yeah, no, I feel like you guys did a great job laying out some points that, you know, I, I'm a huge, uh, I'm a huge Tim, Tim Allen fan, so I, I, I won't, you know, I won't mince words there. Zach, you referenced Santa Claus being fairly dark in the beginning, and I just thought I'd uh, add this little fun fact that I Will found on him? the intranets, <laughs> yeah. that the uh, the scene where Santa falls off the roof was almost much, much darker. Mm, it was really? al- It was almost a scene where Tim Allen shots Santa off the roof. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I could not believe my eyes when I read that. That would have oh, no. that would have definitely been a different movie. You know? Yeah. Like it, completely what? different. It goes oh, from like an he's accident. Defending his home. Right. Yes. Yeah. He thought it was an intruder. Oh, this is he, my house. I have to I defend it. it. Yeah, I thought he was just gonna kill him in cold blood. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, still, that changes the movie quite a bit, I think. Oh, yeah. That's a movie about guns. I don't want to watch that at all at Christmas. No, thank you. It's beginning to look a lot like Oh, man. All right, let's just open it up and talk about it. This is when we say what we really think at the end of the movie. Zach, I'm dying to know, because you uh, are notoriously, you don't love the Santa Claus movie. So this was the first time watching all three This is the first. Is that what you said? I'd seen one and two. I'd never seen three just because people told me it wasn't good. So I was like, that's kind of how I am. If someone, if people tell me like something isn't good, I'm not going to watch it. (laughs) So like I've I've never seen like Alien 3 or 4 or Aliens versus Predators. Mm -hmm. Like I can't waste my time. I have to watch a lot of movies. (laughs) Understandable. Understandable. Can we talk about all three Santa Claus movies yeah, now? now he, I'm, I'm, I mean, here's yeah, what I'll say ahead. about about Santa Claus Two. I was there were moments where I was like, yes, yes, yeah. all of this, please. Like I thought the yes. romance was really fun. Uh, those were some really sweet moments, and I wish that that was the entire movie. I feel like there was. It's weird because it opens with like an airplane with like radar and stuff, and that yeah. goes nowhere, and it's twenty minutes of the movie. And I'm you're like, so yeah. you're so right. I feel like they changed the whole tone in the yeah. second one because yeah. the first one really like what I ended with with like the ah, and the North Pole is coming up out of the ground, right? And the you don't know what the elf's doing, and it's kind of like mystical. Yeah, that's the tone of the first one. Yeah, where the second one is radar, it's right. technology, it's slapstick, and I just. I, I really dislike even like in the second one how they redesigned the North Pole. Yeah, it feels like a it feels like a, a soundstage now. I'm like, it what does. is this? Yeah, and, yeah. And so again, I was like, if this was just a movie about like he has to find a wife and you know his son doesn't like it, I was like, cool. We have an A storyline, we have a B storyline. You know, and if, even yeah. if you want to bring in that that little girl who's like kind of like, is my uncle Scott Santa? I was like, even like even that is good, but uh, you know, we didn't need toy tim allen because one he was terrifying and two like it was stupid so again but i feel like at the same time like the first santa claus and i don't mean to say this in a dismissive way it doesn't feel like they were 
focused on like making a big family movie. It feels like they were just like, oh, you know, if you like Home Improvement and and Tim Allen, like here's yeah, here's going to be a movie that yeah. you'll enjoy. Whereas the Santa Claus Two is like, oh, we have the whole family. Like we got to get like some big action sequences, I guess, in this movie to keep yes. like everybody invested. So I feel like it veers off, and then the third one just completely like loses sight of. Everything. I totally agree. I think the second one's about adding fart jokes. I think it's about adding funny characters like the Tooth Fairy and and Father Time and stuff like that. It's like, how can we make this more jocular and kitty? Which loses, I feel like, the essence of the Santa Claus. Like the Santa Claus is Dave Crumholtz explaining what a clause is. That's yeah. the Santa Claus. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Try to understand this. Right. Uh, that's the Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, these movies are not my favorite, but I was getting a little bit more. I was talking to one of my friends and she was saying I don't watch Christmas movies critically and I realize yeah. like I watch yeah. every movie critically you know you know what I mean so yeah, I think yeah, yeah, if yeah. I just mm-hmm. went into Santa Claus not with my critical brain I'd probably enjoy it a lot more and same thing with Noel honestly because I didn't like love the movie I thought it was fine the ending like it, it got me in my feels but again I was like this isn't when I was watching, I was like, oh, I have to defend this, huh? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a little disappointing. You're like, Bill Hader's great when he's on, yeah. but we don't get enough. Right. Same with Billy Eichner. I'm just like, just some missed opportunities yeah. here, I feel like. I don't mean to slam the great state of Arizona. Who sets a Christmas movie in, in a Phoenix where there's no <laughs> snow? <laughs> Brandon, any thoughts on the Santa Claus or Noel? Yeah, just to kind of round out the Santa Claus stuff. The first one is the only one that I watch, you know, regularly. I I usually don't make my way to the sequel or the third movie at all. I think Zach made some great points. The first one is very much like Tim the Toolman's Taylor made a Christmas movie. I think that's very true. And maybe that formula would not have worked for a sequel so that, you know, they had to do something a little different. I think, though, I'm kind of into Tim the Toolman Taylor. Sure. You know, I love the Home Improvement show, so yeah. it really works on me. I can definitely see how it wouldn't work on everybody, though. Noel, have not seen it, full disclosure, but I think I'm going to check it out now after this discussion. I think it, yeah. you know, Christmas movies, I yeah, I definitely give them a longer leash, yeah. you know, so I think I'll check it out now. It's a great baking a ham movie. Exactly. Sure. That's what I was thinking, too. I will say, <laughs> like, the Santa Claus, the more I thought about it, it was like, if they announced they have a movie where Seth Rogen is playing Santa, I was like, <laughs> I would be there, like, day one, because <laughs> I love him, on. but I'm expecting him to play, like, his Seth Rogen character because I love him. And so, again, mm-hmm. like, getting older, I don't want to, like, oh, you only like this movie because you like Tim Allen. <laughs> and like, maybe oh. that hinges on your disappointment with the movie because you're not a fan of his particular brand. Yeah, yeah like I, I think he's, yeah, yeah, so again, it's like, I don't want to go too hard into it because I know most people, like, you know, love him. So, I get it. The masses love Tim Allen. L- lo- loved. <laughs> loved. Yeah. Love. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. past yeah. Pre- Pre-Last Man Standing, yes. <laughs> oh, my favorite show? <laughs> <laughs> don't don't hurt me this way. I actually think in the sequels where Tim Allen just has to be Santa and like walk around the workshop and talk to people, he's pretty great in those scenes. Like where he yeah. just has to be like jovial, 
How did you guys feel about the elves being played by children? It was weird to me. I really like it in the first one because of the design differences, like and sure. the costume differences. In the second one, they look like children. Right. In the first one, they're kids, but they're dressed a little bit differently and they're directed to act like adults. Right. So they feel like elves. It's like weird. Like it's like we don't drink coffee. I have pointy shoes older than you. I'm like, oh, that's obviously a six thousand year old being who looks like a child <laughs> right right because the it, second one they're like rosy cheeked little babes and like uh yeah. i don't know what the budget was on the first santa claus but it feels like all right instead of getting like you know short actors or trying to do some special effects like let's just get some kids and and have them do that so the first movie i'm like yeah cool but then like you said mitch like in the second one where tim Allen's like let's go outside and play football and the kids are yeah I was like, oh, now they're they're children and child labor laws. Ooh. Yes, that's right. Oh, is this uh, industrial London I'm looking at or the North Pole? <laughs> or even like, and uh, I don't want to, you're never going to sound like the hero slam dunking on like child performances. But in the second one where the little girl like is missing a couple teeth and she's just like, I made some cookies for you, Santa. I'm like, how, how old is she supposed to be? Because now I'm thinking, I was like, because I'm like, if these were like actual kids. She's so like, cute. Where like, is your cute. heart? Where is your heart? I would be like, but now I'm thinking like, but they're supposed to be adults. Like, is she senile in her old age? Is she? <laughs> That's what the movie did to me. You monster. Yeah, so Zach is, <laughs> we love you, but when it comes to this, broken. Like, like I said, you're never going to sound like the hero. Dude. No, I, you, you're, you're the hero we deserve. <laughs> not the one we need right now. Hey, happy holidays, everyone. We just want to say we really appreciate you so much for listening to Phantasmic. We really do have a blast getting together to talk about Disney movies, but the most fun and fulfilling part, really, it's getting to talk to you guys to hear your opinions about these movies that we all love. And if that sounds appealing to you and you want to get in on the conversation or maybe even vote on whose argument you liked better, head over to The Real Lounge, our private Facebook group on Facebook. (laughs) Or you can check us out on Twitter or at our website at Real Boys Podcasts. That's Real, R-E-E-L, Boys Podcasts. And if you like what we do, please give us a rating and five-star review. Hey, this is going to be our last episode of Fantasmic for 2020, and we'd just like to wish everyone a happy and safe holiday. We know this has been a tough year for most of us, but our hope is the new year fills our lives with love, our hearts with hope, and our world with peace. That's going to do it for this one. We'll see you in 2021. And remember, seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. See you real soon. 